Hey, B. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find? Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry. And we've been a lot of places. We've had a lot of coffee. But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from. Yeah. Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because mm. it is amazing. It takes all the bitterness out. All the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door. You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So there is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it. And it is the best coffee that we have ever had. So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Hacienda Real. Keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies. Thanks. I've been doing my deads. <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them. It's what's on them. Oh yeah, I got on my smart-ass undies. They're not just super comfy. They've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low-impact materials. So we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time. Motivate your ass with smart-ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the Things We Love page on our website. And remember to enter the discount code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. Smart ass undies. Cheeky and comfy. Hey everyone, this is Dante. And I'm Beatrice. And this is Cheating on Fear. Welcome everybody. Welcome back. So this week we are talking about... Something near and dear to our hearts. The perks and unexpected advantages to glowing up late. What's glowing up late? Well, I think think the Gen Xers would call it being a late bloomer. Long bottoming. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yes. That's a Harry Potter reference. Yeah. Neville Longbottom was like this short... Dumpy, chubby. English kid. English kid. When they all came in in first year, when they were all like in 11 the Harry years Potter old. Movies. In the Harry Potter movies. The actor that played him. Yeah. And damn, did he ever glow yeah. up. Yeah, even just over the course of the movies. And now yeah. it's like a whole... Because didn't didn't uh, Draco Malfoy post a picture like, oh man, getting old sucks. is like his blonde receding hairline and wrinkles and shit. <laughs> and, then, and then Neville Longbottom like... The actor like trolled him and was like, I don't know about you, man. He's holding like this adorable puppy and he's all cut and got like (laughs) muscles and he's good looking with like a five o'clock shadow. Now, it's interesting that you bring that up because where I wanted to start today was the disadvantages, just because I love contrast. Of course. The disadvantages of peaking early. Okay. So to carry on your example, Draco Malfoy was like, the like the top dog mm-hmm. in, in in his school at Hogwarts, yeah. right in Slytherin, Slytherin house, yeah. And you know he bossed people around, and he was the he, he was the cool kid, and whatever. And and then when you're talking about him posting that picture, I'm sure it was supposed to be a joke, but like with his receding hairline and his wrinkles, and hey, not that there's anything wrong with no no no, but this kid's right? like twenty yeah five or not something. to mention the fact that in real life he literally can't play anything else now because no. everybody hates him. But then <laughs> and then you have like little chubby Campbell's kid faced yeah. Neville Longbottom going bam yeah. right. So can you remember? What, or can you think of the guys that were like the cool kids in high school? Yeah. What can you, can you speak to kind of what they're like now or what they were like after high school? Some of the things, what, what, what are people like that peak in high school as adults? <sighs> I think the stereotype 
is always, you know, the captain of the football team yeah. who dated the head cheerleader, who had like the Letterman jacket and right. was like the cool guy. And then shoving people into lockers. Yeah, like one of my favorite movies is Gross Point Blank. Yeah, great movie. With um brother and sister in it. Uh, mm-hmm. John Cusack and yep. J- Joan Jane. Joan. Joan Cusack. Yeah, yeah. And John Cusack is a hitman. Mm-hmm. And he comes back for like his 10 year reunion. High school reunion. High school reunion. <laughs> yeah. and, and he comes across these these kind of people because he, again, he obviously a late bloomer became this like He was badass. the loser in high school. He was the loser in high school, yeah. got picked on and he comes back and he's a hitman and like takes nobody's fucking shit. <laughs> and, and he comes across these guys who are all still living in high school they're still right. in this case living 10 years in the past remembering their glory days and all the cool shit they did then and you're like bro you finished high school at like 18 19 years yeah. old you're probably gonna live at least into your 60s mm-hmm. you can spend the next if you 40, do it right yeah. if you do it right if you can spend the next 40 plus years just reminiscing about the shit that you did have you seen that movie beautiful girls no, I don't think I have. No? no? With Timothy Hutton? Actually, a very young Natalie Portman is in that movie. I think I might have seen Yeah, that. same kind of thing. So Matt Dillon and Lauren Hawley are both in that movie. And they're okay. sort of like, they were lovers in high school. And they were like, the couple. Okay. And same kind of thing. Like, everybody's in the same place, doing the same thing. Right? The, the quintessential uh, high school dude I think of is, of course, it wouldn't be Cheating on Fear without a friend's reference. Do you remember Chip Matthews? Yeah. <laughs> and he was rachel's prom date who had sex with someone else at the prom Mm -hmm. after party and so obviously rachel and and chip matthews break up and then monica runs into him somewhere and he calls to ask monica out and And she's all like flattered because she's all fucking chip fucking fucking chip matthews he was like the man but the problem is they're all like 28 29 30 years old Mm -hmm. and she goes out with chip matthews and He's still got the same job at the multiplex and he's like offer he's like, I can get you like posters for your bedroom if you want. She's like, Thanks, I'm set. <laughs> and and he still lives with his parents and she's and but he assures her, I mean, I can stay out as late as I want, you know. And still has the same motorcycle that he rode in high school yeah. and got in touch like he still hangs out with all the guys from high school. And so obviously it doesn't go well. And Monica no. comes back from the date and Rachel's like, How did it go? And she says, remember how I always wanted to date Chip Matthews in high school? Well, tonight I dated Chip Matthews in high school. I'm going to see if I can find like a supercut of that because it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And I, that's what I think of where you peak at that time and then everything after that becomes a letdown. Yeah. And every and your entire life is backward facing. Well, and, and in gross point blank, these guys are all borderline alcoholics because their life sucks their life sucks as far as they're concerned the best part of their life is behind behind them them. yeah and that and and i think that's a a super important point to make where a lot of people that you know that peaked in high school all they talk about is the glory days yeah remember that time remember we did this remember we did that and they're all just they're just trying to recreate shit Mm mm-hmm Right? I mean, you know me. I, I feel like tradition is a prison in, mo- yeah. <laughs> in so many cases. <laughs> because your life becomes a now what? Yeah. Right? And and that sense of entitlement where, well, I was the fucking captain of the, the football team. So fucking what? What have you done lately? And? And, and, and for women, you know, I kind of think of women as the, now they're the, Pyramid scheme, anti-vaxxer, <laughs> wine mom. Wine moms. No, right. Namaste for days. Or namaste in bed. Namaste in bed. Chardonnay for days. Chardonnay for days. I meant to go to the gym, but then wine. You know that? <laughs> yeah, that kind of bullshit. And they're still dressing. You know, they, they still got their fucking juicy couture <laughs> track pants. And You're painting a very specific image here. It's not... It, it sounds specific, doesn't it? But it's actually a lot more general than you'd think. With uh, I want to speak to your manager haircut. Oh, God. A, 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 for anybody who's curious about that, that's the uh, John and Kate plus eight. Oh, yeah. Kate, oh, whatever, Gosling or whatever her name was. Was she Gosling? Gosling. Gosling, sorry. Gosling, yeah. Yeah, that kind of haircut. Under but, undershave. And, and you know, like maybe a, maybe a more recent example of the guy that peaked in high school is Johnny from Cobra Kai. Yeah. 
right? Where he was at the top of his game. He was like dating the hot chick in high school. He was banging like babes. Banging babes and like going to concerts and shit. Driving his Camaro his or Thunderbird. Trans Am. Trans Am. Was it Trans Am? Yeah, yeah, it's a Trans Am. Yeah. And, right? And, and just... Still living in the 80s. Just stalled. Just yep. stalled. And not moving forward and not getting any better and resisting change at every turn. Yep. And that shit makes you old and bitter and disappointed. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to kind of start out by speaking to why you shouldn't live in the past. And like I, you asked me, who are those people in high school? I knew them in high school, but because I wasn't cool in high school, you don't know what they're I doing. I couldn't now. fucking wait to get out of high school right. and move on with the rest of my life, and then meet people who were kind of in the same program as me had the mm-hmm. same kind of interest as me and then and then and then that's kind of the start of all of this right you know it's funny like and your kids aren't aren't in high school yet my kids are finished high school mm-hmm. blessedly but i remember saying to them like if you're having a good time in high school good for you like mm-hmm. that's great you know try things yeah do lots of activities take There's advantage lots of, of opportunities who do well in high school and that's not their and, peak no absolutely yeah. but at the same time i would tell them if you're having a shitty time in high school, I'm here from the future to tell you it gets way fucking better than that yeah. after high school, right? Like because I think a lot of a lot of teens and a lot of kids think this is this is it, this, this is how is it's it. going to be forever, yep. and it's like no man, high school is a fucking fishbowl and it's it's a, a an artificial environment, and when you finally make it through that and go to post secondary or you go to chase whatever it is that you're wanting to do, travel, education, you know, business, whatever it is, high school is like, what the, it's just a fucking blip on the radar. Mm. So why were you, I don't, I'm I'm gonna use loser with air bunnies, as Gloria would say, (laughs) air bunnies. Why are you using the air bunnies? (laughs) Why were you a loser in high school? Or why did you think that you were a loser in high school? so So what was the thing? There were a couple of things I had got working against me. <laughs> and you've seen pictures of me. <laughs> You're adorable. So I was small. Like how small? So I was kind of average size with most of my classmates until the fourth or fifth grade. Okay. And then I stopped growing. Aww. Like I didn't grow for... Like in grade nine, how tall were you? I was four foot eight in grade nine. <laughs> With giant... With like chiclet size front teeth. <laughs> Your head was way too small. Yep. And an, and an overbite that I could put my two fingers, my, my like the first and second finger, I could put them behind my overbite. Wow. Because I hadn't gotten braces yet. Right. right? I had big glasses because I would read at Couldn't night shit. in 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 <laughs> darkness. So I fucked my eyes up. Right. And, and that's how I started high school. Right. Like, and you were skinny. I was little. Like... Locker stuffable because <laughs> the grade nines at my did you ever get stuffed yeah. in a locker? <gasps> no, I didn't. I didn't. I was friends with a kid who was even smaller Aww. than me. His name was Tim, and everybody called him Timbit, but not in the <gasps> like not in the nice, cute way. In Canada, we have a donut company called Tim Hortons, and they have the donut holes, and they call them Timbits. Timbits, yeah. yeah. And and like if you play if you play soccer. When you're or, a lot, when you're a little when, child, when you're a little kid, uh, Tim Horton sponsors a lot of the yeah. soccer leagues, and and they, you have like, and it's the Timbits, right? Timbit soccer, yeah. Yep. So he was called Timbit, and he was even littler than me, and Aww. he and he didn't grow. Like I, I eventually grew, and he didn't grow very much at all, and so he, he was always getting uh, in my high school. I'm tearing up right now, poor Timbit. If you're out there, we love you. We love in, you, Timbit. In uh, in my high school, the grade nines all had their lockers in the tech wing of the high school. Oh god! So you could just imagine <laughs> all the construction. Yeah, all the like all auto the construction shop trolls and electrical and no woodworking. Shade. No, no not at all. Those trades. guys, those guys are making a fucking mint right yeah, now. They are. But they weren't the kindest souls in high school, mm. right? So they'd be walking to class and just fucking see your locker open and just kind of like Shove you hip in check it. you into it and close oh it behind god. you, kind of thing. Like that was yeah. that was grade nine. So I didn't. I didn't start growing until grade nine. And then at that point, I grew four inches a year for the next three years. And I mean, I'm not super tall. I'm 5'10". But from four foot eight to 5'10 in a couple of years, that was a big deal. Right. So there was that. I was very clever. 
and I wasn't shy. A little, a little too clever too, for too your good own for good. My, yeah, too clever for my own good. Because I would <laughs> call people out on being dumb. I was shitty. Like I, I deserved some of what I got for sure. Well, actually, yeah, exactly. You, um, you know, it's called uh, like it was that kind of <laughs> shit, right? So there was that, and then yeah, and then you know, besides being small, just my general physical appearance was kind of all over the fucking show. No. Like not like Fred the chunky big sweaters from friends and stuff like that but on like an 85 pound <laughs> four foot eight body with a giant head and glasses and buck teeth right Aww. but that's okay because i grew mm-hmm. and like those milk commercials right yes yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. i grew and i got braces and i got contact lenses and by the 10th grade mm-hmm. my contact lenses came off i got my contact lenses my braces came off uh-huh i started in uh, a new high school which was smaller mm-hmm. it was being built so we had the high school i was in was like mm-hmm. really packed because they were waiting for this new one and that kind of and i made some new friends and that kind of started the glowing up process right mm-hmm. so i'm squinting my eyes because i've seen <laughs> I mean, it was a long I, fucking journey. I'm thinking that your your glow up really didn't start... Until like 20 years later. Until you got your PhD. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, I've seen some photos of you, and you're a, a super cute, but but I think really... I was a lot more confident. Yeah. In, I, like before, from that point forward, that was the start of my self-confidence. Yes, okay. But I don't think I fully long-bottomed no, until, you didn't until long-bottom like another until, 10 years after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, you didn't long bottom until after your PhD, and you and you started doing what you were doing, like you're anthropologizing. Yeah, and you're primatologizing. Primatologizing is that a word? Uh, it is now. Okay. You're so welcome. what you in high school? You <laughs> oh didn't peak God. in high school. No, your story was very different than mine, though. Why? Because I was always on the outside. Me too. No, you were on the inside. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. No, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't. I was the loser of the cool kids. There you go. See, you're on the inside. No, but not really though, because you're still a doormat. That feels shitty. That feels, I think, even shittier than being like with a, a group of friends that are like losers like you, but they're real. Do you know what I mean? It's like Mean yeah. Girls. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I partly blame my mother for some of this okay. because um, she used to put me in the dumbest fucking clothes mm. ever because she thought it was adorable and right. she wasn't really paying attention to what was around her. Right, like what the um, fashion trends were at the time. As early as grade four, she permed my hair. Oh, jeez. Because that the hair? movie Annie had come out and she thought that was super fucking cool. Uh. And she wanted me to look like Annie. And so she fucking, without my consent, she permed my hair. And I remember being... That tracks for your mom, though. I know, the, yeah, right? Yeah. I remember being... There is no surprise at all. I remember being... I love her, but... Hmm. Uh, I remember being at the hairdresser, and it was all done. And I remember her face in my face, and her kind of just squeezing... <laughs> the curls. ...my head like like a, like a, a loaf loofah, of bread. A loofah sponge, a sponge. And just going... <laughs> and going, oh my God! <laughs> and to this day, I can't... I couldn't really tell if she was like, oh my God, I love it. Or, oh my God, look what I did. This is terrible. So that was, you know, she made me wear a lot of velour and corduroy. That and was big in the 70s and sure, 80s. Sure, but, 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 but what I'm saying is, if you look at class photos and stuff, other kids had cool clothes. Like they had like their Snoopy t-shirts and shit. And I had velour, purple velour, <laughs> three shade it was just like, it was embarrassing. Yeah. I, it got to the point where by the time I was in like seventh and eighth grade, mm. I would pack other clothes. So I would I would leave for school in what she wanted me to wear. I would get to school, change. But thing is like when you're 12, you're stupid as fuck. So you'd forget to change back. And, <laughs> so you come and home I, in I'd different come home clothes. in different clothes and she'd be like, what the fuck? And then in grade nine, I mean, I went to a high school where you had to wear a uniform. Right. And... So that levels it out a little bit. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Uh-huh. But I had to get a kilt. Uh-huh. And um, when you buy these kilts, they're super long. Yeah. Because... They don't know how tall the person is. They don't know how tall wearing. you are. Yeah. And so I was like, I need to get this hemmed. And she was like, no, it's fine the way it is. So I legit 
went to my first day of grade nine in a cocktail length <laughs> kilt. Like mid-calf length. Mid- okay, <laughs> can I just say, I love that you know what cocktail length is. <laughs> this is why I love you, because you're like, you're like such a man, a man, and then you know what cocktail length <laughs> is hem hemline is that's just ridiculous for a kilt it's ridiculous like at a minimum I mean, it should be wanna, knee length i mean i don't want to have to shave my my uni to yeah. to wear a kilt but at the same time like really she fucking sends me to grade nine in a in a kilt that goes down to my mid-calf like really yeah. and that's the thing and that's the thing you walk in it's like you're a fucking loser from day one yep day one and I had my, and then of course everybody had a bob, but because she fucked up my hair when I was, when I was nine. You're still growing out your. Uh... No, no, no. I wasn't still growing it out. It was five years later. But the, the point was, is that it kind of fucked up your hair. Mm. Right. So I had a bob like everybody else, except I look like He-Man and everybody else. <laughs> Him guy. Him guy. <laughs> right. Like, and it's like. Is there any more of a dis? I was the same as you. I had fucked up teeth too. Yeah, my teeth were horrible. I had four years of orthodontics, and was... they. I didn't. I didn't get my. I didn't get my braces till I was well into high school. Oh, serious? No. So it was like, oh my god, it was awful. So between, and I was short too. I'm still short. Like yeah. I, I, I was like same thing, four nine, going in. And my mom had always had. She always battled with her weight, mm. and so. I was learning a lot of bad habits from her. And so being 4'9 and not great habits. Yeah, it doesn't take much for it to pile on. It right? really doesn't. So I was I was kind of kind of overweight and frumpy. With a, and of with course, a calf of course, length. Of course, kilt. my calf length kilt wasn't doing me any favors. <laughs> Actually, I did I did kind of I did kind of do a save on that one because um, a girlfriend of mine who her sisters had all gone to the same high school, but they had moved away. They had moved to another uh, city, you know. Mm. And her older sister had like an old school kilt. Oh, nice! So it was a different material. It was shorter. It was, and I. But was, it was the right pattern, though. It right? was the same pattern, yeah. but it was like lighter. They called it a summer kilt, which is weird because you don't go to school in the summer. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, that was way cooler because they were all like, "Where'd you get that kilt?" And I was like, oh, "Well, you know," and they couldn't get that kind of kilt. Yeah. So I saved that one a little bit, but I was still like chunky with my he-man hair and oh my god it was just fucking brutal that's oh my god that's that's the greatest that's the greatest description you like that because you know exactly what i'm talking about exactly what you mean and not just because (laughs) teen titans go just did an episode where they parodied yeah man with him guy and muscle lore and he has that hair it's awesome it's so bad you can't have a bob with curly hair it's it's wrong and and you know and my skin like puberty hit me hard yeah see i was lucky i never had the like serious heavy heavy acne Acne, i had pimples but it was not the like pizza face type yeah you know it was rough i had uh, there were there were quite a few times where i had like i don't know what they call them they're like almost like boils oh but they or 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 like blind like blind the really deep deep pimples that oh my god yeah no no, but like just no just huge but big and red and of course like you know you you pick at them because you think that's gonna make them go away i don't know what the fucking thought on that is and and because i was like the loser of the in crowd i mean at least you were in the in crowd I wasn't though. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, 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 I missed a lot of memos on right. where they were going. They, yeah, they would, they would forget <laughs> to tell you about I, stuff. I, I, I felt like you know there was like the crowd that would move, and then you'd realize that four you were minutes all alone. later <laughs> you'd see me running along too. Like, <laughs> and I didn't because I was just trying to be one of these popular kids. I would try and dress like them. I would try and like the stuff that they liked. Right. So, like the cool kids liked. The Smiths and The Cure and I liked Madonna and Prince and like it you just... were, your musical tastes were just ahead of theirs. That's all because mm. those those became massive. Prince and Madonna became massive they, later. They did, but the, but it wasn't cool when I was in high school, right. right? It was like that was the mainstream shit. Like you know, and so so People, I so look, I was a fashion victim and my skin was awful and I just I didn't I didn't have any confidence at all. I just felt like. I was playing catch up the whole time. What is it about kids in high school who are Cure fans? They're the most snobbish fuckers out there. <laughs> I had one kid in my friend group who was a massive Cure fan. And he was an asshole about it. Because like, you just don't, you just don't understand the musical genius of the Cure. 
Okay. It's like, all right. You don't either. You're 14. Yeah. (laughs) You don't understand anything. No. And don't get me wrong. The Cure is a great band, but man, fucking people and their Cure stuff. Anyway. Okay. So. So I felt ugly. I felt mm. overlooked. I felt like, I felt like a child all the time. Like I never felt like I was getting any older or you know, and and this is like what I suggested to you. This continued for quite a long time. Like right. I felt like a child in my life for a really, really long time. And I went to school for a long time. I was still going to school when I was having my kids. And yeah. I think we've talked about this in the fitness episode. Yeah, but yeah. but you know, it 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 took me a long time to get my degree because I was I had gotten married and had kids and my husband at the time really, really wanted to get married right away and not wait till I had my degree and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I was kind of watching everybody else get married and buy houses and go and live. Right. Live their lives. And you're still not finished university yet. Yeah. Like, I, I've got two kids and I'm still finishing university and we couldn't do any of the things that everybody else was doing. Not that I was super concerned about that, but it made me feel like a child in my own life like here I was I was a mom and I still felt like a kid myself yeah and I think that you know part of that was sort of this this latent glow up that was coming I didn't know but any day now and and I and I think it really it uh, for those of you that don't know um I suffer from imposter syndrome Hmm. and it's sort of a you know this this kind of constant low level anxiety that everybody's going to find out that you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Except that you do, right? Yeah. Cause because you know who doesn't were... have imposter syndrome? Imposters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, AOC has has come out and talked about that that yeah. she has pretty pretty major imposter syndrome. Yeah. Which, by the way, she's amazing. She in is stuff amazing that she on does. a lot of levels. Yeah, she's doing Ted Cruz's job right now. But yeah. anyway, we won't talk about that. <laughs> and so is Beto O'Rourke actually. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I remember this, and this was kind of the peak of it, and, and maybe this was, you know, where things started to turn around, where I'm like, this is ridiculous. I remember we bought our first home, and I was pregnant with my second child, and I was sitting on the front porch of my house and thinking, I'm like a kid. Yeah, I can't own a I, house. I can't own a house. I And I was so worried about what everybody was thinking, like that they're thinking I'm some, like, you know, teen mom. sitting, <laughs> And I'm just like... Wait a second. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. What people think or what their perceptions are. I mean, it didn't help that like <laughs> there was one time I was still in school, like I said, with two kids. Yeah. And I I was on reading week, which I don't know if, yeah, know if they like have reading break. week. Yeah, but less fun. Yeah. Because it's, it's, you're it's supposed Canada to be reading and it's February. <laughs> yeah. And I took my two kids. I was off school for the week. And so I took my two kids on the train to see the CN Tower in Toronto. And my my oldest was very precocious. So he started chatting with this woman on the train. <laughs> and she thought I was their nanny. <laughs> There's no way you could be their mom? No. Too young? Because I, my clothes are ugly as fuck because I have no money and no style. <laughs> I have a backpack and, you know, little Nike ACGs. Do you remember those? No. Remember ACGs? They were basically like... Hike, Nike's hiking shoes. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, and yeah. They're Nike high tops, yeah. 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 And she was like, oh, that's a that's a that's a quite a trip for a nanny to take. And I was like, I'm their mother. And she was like, oh. And then it's like, why are you such a loser? Like, why don't you have a job? <laughs> not, not sorry, just, oh. Oh. This is even sadder now. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> so, yeah, so that was kind of, that was, that was, it was rough. Like, being a young mum, I mean, it's so different than, like Instagram moms yeah, now, it's, which it's, I, I'm, I'm actually very thankful that I didn't have to be a new mom a in the social media world. Pressure, yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah, but I got to be like ugly, and 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 not have a million pictures about it. Yeah, yeah, those are always fun memories. All when the they pop pictures up are Facebook. of my kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, God. So when did your glow up start? And 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 what what do you think? What what do you think? are the components of your glow up at this point. So I I felt like I had no interest and I and for a couple of reasons I've never been to any of my high school reunions. Mm-hmm. The first few 
like at the 10 year and stuff like that, I was out of the country. So mm-hmm. there was, there was doing no, your PhD. Yeah. And, or doing research or whatever. Mm. So I wasn't able to, but I kind of fantasized about coming back to, to my high school reunion mm-hmm. because I wasn't the smartest kid in my school. Like there were, there were, mm-hmm. I wasn't the kid who was getting fucking 99% in math and stuff right. like that. Right. I, I was lazy. I did as much as I needed to get the grade that I needed and no more than that. Like Peter Parker. Right. Brilliant, brilliant but lazy. Yeah, exactly. I, I, so I didn't fit in with the ultra smart kids. I, I was in the band. I played saxophone and I was okay, you, you but were I was a theater kid too. I was, yeah, same thing. Like I was in drama, did improv. I was good, but I wasn't the best. Like I was, I was like eighty percent of everything, yeah. right? But when I, but when I got my PhD, and I started to live my life and start having adventures that were outside of mm-hmm. the hometown that I grew up in, the high school or the mall or all the stuff that had been pretty much my frame of reference for the first like 18, 20, 22 years of my life. Mm-hmm. That's when I really felt like there was something, like I had something mm-hmm. that I could go places and people would be like, so, you know, what do you do? What do, you do? Yeah. And then I would tell them I study monkeys and, oh, that's cool. Where? Oh, so in Honduras, I lived in the jungle and I did this and, you know, and then this happened and all this one time. And, and I started to have life experiences that were different than the people I would come in contact with back right. home. And that kind of set me apart in a way. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gave me some confidence that oh i do do things that are interesting mm-hmm. or that some people would think are cool mm-hmm. or right and and then also i definitely i always looked a lot younger than my age yes you did which went which when you're trying to like get into bars before you're of age and stuff is a pain in the fucking giant pain in the ass when mm-hmm. all your friends are getting in when you go out with a bunch of people who are all underage mm-hmm. and you're the last guy in the group to get carded mm-hmm. and they're like, no, sorry, you're not, like, you're not old enough. You can't get mm-hmm. in. And, mm-hmm. I, and you're like, but all my, but friends-, all my friends that you just let in, mm-hmm. like, and you don't want to fucking call them out because then you're the asshole. Right. right? But yeah. then you just go, okay, I guess I'm, I'll wait for you guys in the car. See you in four hours. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of shit. So, but, but as I get older, that's cool yeah because you know as you start getting into your 30s and your 40s um you know my 50s are a little ways away but not that far away and i know that i don't look my age you don't look anywhere close to your age well it's it's interesting i i know what you're talking about with the bar stuff yeah and i have a girlfriend of mine that i went to to school with yeah she's 12 years younger than me yeah. And all of her friends obviously were 12 years younger than me. And I remember we all went out one night. She was like, you should come out with us. It'll be fun. I was like, okay. And and <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting ready and they ca- she messaged me at like 9.30. And she's like, we'll be there in a half an hour. And I'm like, bitch, I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah. What? Like, I have two kids. And so we end- I, I, I managed to stay awake and go out with them. And... Out of all, we went to this bar and out of all of them, I was the one that got carded. Right. So, you, yeah. I was, I, I believe I was like 36 at the time and <laughs> I got carded. Which is like, what, 17 years older than the yeah, carding than the limit? drinking age? Yeah. 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 So, and and that's, you know, that's the thing. I, what about, what about your look though? Did you, I mean, you went from, you grew yeah. a bunch. So I grew. And what then, about your What about your skinny little body? Well, and so and your crazy teeth and, and your eyes and your hair. Okay, your- so my my teeth and my teeth and eyes kind of got sorted out in high school, <laughs> but my hair didn't really get sorted out until like late high school. I kind of I have curly hair. Yeah, you do. And I spent most of my time. It's fantastic. Well, it is now, but I spent most <laughs> of my time heavily gelling it straight. Like slick back. Don't fight it. Listen. Like the high and tight before the high and tight was cool. Listen, you know? I'm going to tell everybody out there, don't fight what your hair wants to do. No, if it's curly, 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 straight, straight, curly, curly, straight. Let it be. <laughs> Work with it. Work with it. So late, late high school, I kind of accepted the fact that my hair was curly and embraced that. So I went to university with like longish curly hair, mm-hmm. which in the kind of mid 90s was kind of on point. Mm. You had like all the grunge kind of stuff coming out so so longer hair on guys was a little bit more accepted at that point and then my my one of my friends in my program 
was kind of a gym bro. Okay. And my cousin had been doing personal training at a local gym. And I kind of started to take physical fitness a little bit more serious. Okay. Like I had always, I had done athletic uh, things in high school. Like I, I was on the swim team and I did like super weird track stuff like pole vaulting mm-hmm. and wrestling. So I was in shape, but I was skinny, right? Right. This training kind of allowed me to fill out a bit. And then, you know, as soon as you get some muscles, you know, your arms start getting a little bigger, your chest starts getting a little bigger. Mm-hmm. You want to start wearing like tighter shirts and stuff to show <laughs> it off, right? And so my fashion kind of changed in those those early days of like the first couple of years of, of university. And, but it wasn't really, I honestly don't think I found my like groove on clothes until after I got divorced. Yeah. I feel like, and with your help, obviously, but I feel like. I don't feel like I helped you choose stuff. No. I feel like I just. You point I just me in the right direction. Free. No, no, no. I think, I think honestly, you needed all you needed was someone to give you permission to buy clothing for some people other than your children. Well, yeah, that's true. Because once you have kids and if you've been married for a while, a lot of your money just ends up going to them. Like my kids had some of the most awesome clothes. Yeah. But I just had, it was like, oh shit, I'm out of something. I need to go get something quick, right? And then when I got separated, I could start spending my money on me and getting stuff that fit, but that was also kind of timeless your thing you're fashionable finding your style yeah because i was never a trend person no 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 clearly i've been wearing cargo shorts since long before they were cool and long since they've been cool also i'm saying i want to go on record as saying i don't have a problem with cargo shorts i don't know what everybody's mad at with the cargo shorts they look good they're functional where are you going to keep your wallet right i I don't get it in your back pocket like george costanza okay i do have a problem with jorts but I don't have a problem with cargo shorts. Like, you know what, men? You wear those fucking. You wear the fuck out of those cargo shorts. And you can get cargo shorts that are are fit that fit nicely. They don't have Women to be. Women are hiding them on yeah. their mat. Stop it! They're cute. It's not like you're wearing a garbage bag. I am a bit of a metalhead though, so it's like that like cargo shorts t shirt combination. I'm like, yeah. Flugel binders, and you're all set. Not with shorts. Oh, if you're going to a concert. No, 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 no. You no? don't wear flugel binders with shorts. Never, never, never. Okay. <laughs> Sambas. Sambas. Oh geez. And, and so that's the thing. I, I agree with you. I, I, I feel like and, and I'm not listen, I'm not saying that everybody out there has to get divorced yeah, to, to, to get complete, some style. To 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 have the glow up but take can, off. But it can be a catalyst for change. It some is. people fall into a hole and other people use it as a catalyst, right? Yeah, like and this is the thing, like I was in school I didn't graduate from university until I was thirty five. I didn't start my career that I'm now in until I was thirty six. I didn't start Brazilian jiu-jitsu till I was 40. Mm. I didn't get my first tattoo until I was 45. So, and and I really started, same thing, after I got divorced, it was a chance to start focusing on myself. Yeah, because you've been and, focusing on other things for so long. Yeah, and, and I think... Other people. And you're, and you're trying to bend yourself into a pretzel to try and make this marriage work mm-hmm. or whatever relationship work. And, and you become, unfortunately, if it's not a great marriage, that's fostering growth in both partners you become this faded version of yourself this boiled down diluted version of yourself and And it's so easy to get lost like that because it starts with really small things and then you know yeah x number of years later you're like i'm a shadow yeah i don't yeah that's what a great you don't even recognize yourself you're like who the fuck am i even and and it's funny because I have a, a girlfriend who i've we've been friends since kindergarten how cute is that yeah and she had said that to me like she noticed those things happening yeah and she was like i didn't want to say anything because i thought well maybe this is just you as a grown-up and Mm. and since my divorce she was like i've got b back yeah now you're she's like you're more you than you've ever been it you told me this when i was getting separated from like when my separation was going through Uh everything Uh uh-huh and I was like, I don't fucking believe that shit. You'd be like, you'd be surprised. People will come out mm. and tell you like, you know, they saw this, that that you're in a better spot now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, everybody's going to be against me Mm-mm. because I was the one that wanted to end my marriage. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then all of a sudden out of the woodwork come people who are like, yeah, no, you, you, we, you could tell that you weren't happy or this isn't now this is, you know, this, the, is, this you. is the Dante I remember, yes. right? Like that kind of stuff. And you're like. And part of you is kind of like, 
bitch, what the fuck, man? Why couldn't you? Why'd you let me go through? But also, when you see it in your friends, like I see with a couple of my friends going through that right now. What are you right supposed now, to say? What are you supposed to say? You gotta wait. You gotta wait till they come to you. Yeah, you can't be say, like, you know what, bro? Your wife sucks. <laughs> And she's she's turning you into this horrible fucking beat down man. Yeah. And he's being like, "Fuck you, dude!" Like I, right. that's my wife. You're talking that about. That makes that shit it makes that shit really awkward if they stay together. Yeah. And again, this isn't like a you need to divorce your no, partner no, no, no. to have no, your no. glow up. But in our case, and this is why we wanted to do this because we had kind of similar. Yeah, stories. our stories were were they were parallel. And when you start to really get to know yourself, and because I was kind of a loser in high school, or I, it took me a long time. I I think I had more patience with myself mm-hmm. about, okay, like I'm still evolving. And here's the thing now, I want to start talking about you're at your, I'm like, I mean, I'm thinking any day now we're going to peak. Right. Any day now. <laughs> I'll let you but know. It's funny because my son asked me that because we were talking about like the perils of peaking in high school and that yeah. kind of thing. And and he was like, when when would you say you peaked? And I was like, any day now. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? That's fucking cool. Because... I don't, I feel like I'm just warming up and I'm in my late twilight 40s. Yeah. You're late, late 40s. Late, late 40s. Not early, late 40s. No. Not mid, late 40s. 40s, Late, late 40s. Late, late 40s. And I'm okay with it. Depends on the day. But, you know, I feel like I'm just getting going. And I feel, I I think you kind of feel the same way where it's like, you're not intimidated by, oh my God, like. I'm this old, like my half my life's over and I just got to sit here and wait for death, I guess. Like, no, it's like... Well, that that was my midlife crisis. Like, I didn't have a midlife crisis where I bought a sports car and started banging my secretary or something like that. Like that, <laughs> that, that 80s version of it. I don't know if she'd appreciate that. No. No. But that was my, you know, when I was trying to come to grips with where my life was going, mm-hmm. and that includes where my marriage was going, it was like, okay, I'm... I'm approaching 40. Mm-hmm. I will be 40 soon. Mm-hmm. And do I want to spend the next half of my life anything other than god-awfully, excitingly happy? Right. Like, am I going to wake up every morning and drag my ass out of bed? Or am I going to jump out of bed yeah. excited about what the day has to hold? And, and, and this is the thing. Like, it doesn't mean that you're, like, blissfully happy every minute of every day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty pretty close you to you are you're a pretty happy guy but yeah. but this is the thing like it's you can handle a lot more when you're happy in general I yes. think when you're yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. when you your resilience is definitely a lot higher if you're happy definitely yeah yeah you know where you where you're you're living the life that you want to be living yep and having the and 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 I think when you have the courage to make a big change like that whether it's changing jobs or moving somewhere else or ending a relationship that you're slowly dying on the vine in the confidence that comes from that is a huge jump start to your glow up i think because that fear can be paralyzing oh absolutely and and you you're just wallowing in that you're just drowning in that yeah yeah. and so once once you go once you get beyond that then it's like okay well now i can do the thing so i wanted to talk about some of the benefits of glowing up late well there's a couple of things that come to mind for you for me mm-hmm. first off when you glow up later in life and i mean like when you are in a, an established career um, maybe that might be for some people for some people but in my case mm-hmm. having a bit more financial means allows you the ability to explore things mm-hmm. like i feel like in high school I kept trying to do the things that other people thought were cool, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah. whatever my crowd of friends was doing. Right. Like that guy who was annoyingly into the cure, right? Like <laughs> that kind of stuff. But then as I got older and I had my own and I had some means, I could pursue things that I felt were interesting. Like right. diving, scuba diving, right? Right. right? Or traveling and going to interesting mm-hmm. places in the world and doing that kind of stuff, which I couldn't have done as a high school kid and and that but that and but it becomes this positive feedback loop that it starts feeding into this your curiosity gets awoken you you your abilities are tested and stretched mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then when you come back into your regular life that just contributes to your self-confidence and your way of, of being around people and and helps to shape their perception of you that's so for me, was so different than what my high school version of me was like. Right. Like, I know that if I ever get around to going to one of these five or 10 year, 20, 30, however many high school reunions, 
I'm going to be unrecognizable to a lot of the people there. I have a perfect dress for that. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, the, the weird thing is, <laughs> is my hair is pretty close. You're... <laughs> like, I almost look the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's going to be weirder is because 30-year younger Dante doesn't doesn't look all that much different than today Dante. Yeah, but, you know, there's a lot of things about today Dante but, um, that are but, like but, uh, super I'm hot. In a badass suit. You got some, you got some... You got some like salt and pepper shit going on, you know. And I got a, I got some smile lines and stuff like that because you've been smiling, right? And but I'm I'm you got in better some biceps. I'm in better got, shape. Mm-hmm. My clothes fit me, and it's not even about how much you spend on your clothes. Because believe you fucking me, if you look at the tabloids and you see all these celebrities wearing very expensive, ugly clothes, ugly ass. Think of fucking every picture of Jeffrey Epstein when he was walking around New York, oh right? Guy had more money than God, and 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 looked completely pulled apart. But it, it doesn't matter how much money you spend on on your clothes. It matters about stuff that, that suits your body type. And a personal style. And Developing a personal, a personal style, style. And something that makes you feel confident. Yeah. And I know walking into walking into like a reunion, again, I don't think I'm ever going to go. But doing that and seeing these people, because I know there are going to be people who looked like in high school... They had everything figured out. Yeah. And I know when I go back and occasionally I see, you know, the advent of social media like Facebook and stuff like that allows you to kind of peek in on lives that you wouldn't <laughs> normally. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see there's some people that I see that were that were massive successes in high school. And then you're like, mm. you're like, you're still working at that restaurant that you worked at <laughs> in high school. You don't manage it or own it. You're just working. Still like, working at the multiplex. Yeah, like three days a week. I can get posters for your room. Yeah, like that kind of yeah. that kind of thing, right? Yeah, I think it makes you more. There's more of a sense of gratitude for where you are and what you have because yeah, you didn't. You know, there's that life script, right? Mm-hmm. You go to school, you get a job, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, you buy another house, you buy another house. Well, a bigger house, and 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 when when you don't when you don't follow that life script, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like I'm a fucking failure. But then you look at people who did follow that life script, and sometimes it works out, and that's great. But there are a lot of angry, bitter, disappointed mm-hmm. people going, I did everything I'm supposed to do. Why am I so fucking miserable? Yeah. It's because it's not your fucking script. It's a societal script that is a little outdated. And a little bit antiquated. And I think there's there's so much out there. And so I think, for me, there's a real sense of gratitude and, and a not... I don't take anything for granted no. in my life. Because you've done things on your own timeline and you've done things a little bit differently and maybe out of order and maybe a little bit different than other people have done it. But I'm very okay with that. Yeah. You know? I found like that... And, and the pressure in high school to like know... What you're going to do as soon as you leave high school was fucking stupid. It's stupid. Because I didn't figure out what I wanted to do until I was in my third year of my undergraduate at university. Yeah. And even then it changed a little bit after that. Which was about five years after I needed to make a decision on what I was going to be doing, (laughs) right? Because you have to pick your courses and your university programs and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Well, and this, you know, I think glowing up later gets you to stop fucking comparing yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Legit. You know, the only person that I compare myself to is an older version of myself. Right. So I've been keeping a training journal since 2006. Okay. And when I do wads or workouts and stuff like that, a lot of times I'll redo a year that I did before. Oh, really? And I always keep track of how long everything took me, the weights that I used, everything else. And so all I'm trying to do is see if I can beat my younger self. Right. And usually I do. Yeah. Which is, it's, it, it does wonders for, for the old noggin up here because you think, I'm fucking 15 years older than when I started this thing. And I'm in better shape. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing, I'm doing harder stuff and I'm doing more stuff. And I, you know... And so the, that's, that's the only person that I compare myself with is an older version of me and where, and looking at that journey and where have I gotten to and where mm-hmm. am I now? And, and that is a great way to, to be grateful 
for where you are mm-hmm. and and marveling at look you know and and I'm and I'm not done. No, that's the thing. Right? I'm not done. I think I think it's a real limiting where you go. Oh, I'm too old for that shit. No, you're fucking not. No, you're not. I also think it. I don't know how you feel. Your kids are a little bit younger, but it makes me. It gives me an ability to see potential in people without judging where they are, especially young people. Yeah. Without judging where they are right now, and I find it it helped it changed it changed the way I related to my kids. Yeah. Where you're not putting that pressure on them that you no know, to, you're in to the eleventh grade and you gotta fucking know exactly what you're gonna do for that's the rest of your it. life yeah. to follow that life script yeah yeah you know and and to give them that leeway to sort of find their own path and and the things the places that they've gone and the things that they've chosen are it's really interesting to see when you just let them it's like listen you find something that you like that's gonna do well for you. If you, you know, you can do school now, you can do school later, depending on what, what path you're taking. Yep. You can get married, not get married, have kids, <laughs> not have kids, like whatever you want to do. It's cool. I'm not invested in that because I've had my glow up. I'm enjoying my life. Yeah. What you do has no bearing on me. Yeah. You enjoy your life. You do your life. I'm going to do mine. But I think a lot of times when, when parents are so heavily invested in their kids' lives and at, at the exclusion of their own interests and development and improvement, then those kids are going to be nothing but a fucking disappointment yeah. because it's so... And the pressure that's on them. like it's, it's awful. Yeah. You know, we don't have kids to fucking have other little people to control. You have kids to raise independent, functional members of society. <laughs> I mean, that can go the, out and fucking do their own thing. That's what uh, that's what I want. Yeah, I, I think most parents want that for their kids. I, I some of them do, yeah, but some. I think a lot. Of, this is what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you know, again, let's bring up 90 Day. Yeah, people are like, oh, my parents are going to like this. My parents are going to hate that. My parents aren't going to approve of this. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. What are they going to do? But this is the thing: if you're accepting help and support from your parents, especially financially, yeah, and you that, lose a lot of the ability to to. To make uh, your own to be decisions. Independent. Yeah. Looking at you, Brandon. Yeah. But- <laughs> Fucking current season in ninety day. But right, and I th- I think that's that's changed. You know, everybody. It's it's not a straight line. No. Life. No. It's a curvy line, and it should be a curvy line. Yeah. And and the days of going from high school to college or university to a job to a house to death is not really the way it goes anymore. Like very few people have one job their entire working life. Yeah. And they shouldn't, I don't think. You know, you need adapt or die. That's, you need to, yeah. especially, and, and I think especially now with the pandemic, you need to be able to... Pivot. 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 <laughs> and have that sort of growth mindset. And I think when you've been working on yourself for, all, for a long period of time, not just, hey, I'm 18, I'm good with what I am right now, yeah. that change and that growth mindset is going to be really hard to do. And like I say, then it, then it makes you a lot less judgmental of what other people are doing in their yeah, lives. Absolutely. If they decide they're going to change their job or they decide they're going to do something completely different or they're going to learn something new or they're going to... And it turns you and encourages you to, and encourages other people to be lifelong learners. I, there's nothing worse than listening to somebody go, I can't wait till I'm done school and then I don't have to learn anything yeah, ever again. No. And you're like, good luck with that. No. That's that's not going to work. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine being 18, 19 years old and just never learning anything else for the rest of your life? Well, I don't think, I don't think you have that... I don't think you have that option anymore. I don't know. You, I mean, you could... If you want to be one of these, I mean, if you if you're one of these red pill oh uh, women, red pill women. Well, the red, oh. the, the women that red pillars like. Oh, okay, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know, you who, just who wish it's the fifty, it's the fifties yeah, again. Pretty much, yeah. you graduate high school, you yeah. know, and you have your 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 poodle skirt on, and and <laughs> you go into your whole life is going into the kitchen and cleaning the house and squirting out some babies and. Listen, if that's what you want, then that's great. But choose that. Choose that. And also. Yeah. Don't also be secretly drinking a bottle of cooking sherry every night because because you're but yeah because your life sucks right that's true you need to I think I think the point of it is is that when you know who you are and you understand your abilities you can have a confidence about you absolutely and and that confidence gives you some 
security or peace of mind just the knowledge that you are where you are supposed to be and you're going to be okay no matter like yes you when you have that confidence then these little upsets in your world aren't devastating right. to you because it's like they're not I, everything i know i know and you're not you're not completely invested in this one identity because when you are you become so you become so protective of that that identity, that that mindset, that belief system, and anytime that's challenged or changed in any way, fucking lose your mind. Mm-hmm. I would suggest. Yes. This was. I don't know. I wanted to kind of leave this to the end. Okay. I think that I'm better at dating and and better at sex, being a later glow upper. I'm definitely better at sex because of yeah, that. Yeah, you are. But the dating part, I can't. <laughs> thank you. Don't want to let that one slide. Um, but the dating part is tough because I was out of the dating market for a long time. So do I have to bring up your batting average again? Well, no. I mean, this isn't. I about, feel like uh, you want me a, to bring the batting average. No, this isn't about up. a humble brag. The the point. It is a little bit. The point is, is like I spent a lot of time not dating because I was in a relationship. I was married. Yes. All of that kind of stuff. But but when you started dating again, I guess I did okay. You were very thoughtful about it. Yes. You paid attention. You took notes. I did. When you were having a conversation with a woman on a dating app, you were taking notes about things that they said that they liked and it worked for you because, and you were like, you know what? I haven't done this in a really long time. I want to make sure that I do it well. And so you showed up with the kind of wine that I liked and we went to a place that, well, I think I picked the place. You picked the place, but I had... You researched it. I researched it, took a look at the menu, made sure I knew what I was going to get when I got there. Sure. And and you looked into some of the things that I liked to do. Yes. So you had a little bit of a working knowledge of what Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was. And I think think that, you know, you were just, you were in the middle of your glow up there. Yeah. And it made you better at dating because you're like, I want to do this properly. Not just like, oh, fuck, whatever. Like, look at, I'm here, everybody. I showed up. Yeah, good job, yeah. right? I'll, I'll take I'll take my community service sex now. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. And same thing. I think I think when you have that confidence, that's slow grown over time. Yeah, it's that hard fought. It's a real confidence, not an arrogance, and not that basically arrogance masks, you know, insecurity. gaping insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at you, red pillars. <laughs> and as far as sex goes. Really, to be good at sex, sure, it's about a little bit about technical skills. Sure, and the equipment that you've got. I mean, but it's a, but it's about your self confidence and knowing who you are sexually and what you want, and paying attention to your partner and being invested in someone else's pleasure. And I think if you're so wrapped up in insecurity and worrying about you know and self consciousness, you're not going to be good at that. You're yeah. not going to be good at sex. No. You're, you're, it makes you selfish. You're going to be selfish in bed. You're going to be selfish. Yeah. And I guess so, you know, not to yuck anybody's yum, somebody might like a selfish lover, but it's not my preferred person to fuck. Women don't like selfish lovers. You don't think so? No. Yeah. Do you know why I say that? Why do you say that? Because women like to have orgasms. Yeah. Selfish lovers don't give a fuck about your orgasm. That's true. And if he doesn't care, or she doesn't care, <laughs> that you're not having an orgasm, fuck that person. No, don't fuck real, that person. Get a really, really good vibrator. <laughs> and then you don't even have to shave your legs. Okay? <laughs> you don't have to get them out afterwards. Just saying. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you go to their place. So you don't have to kick them out of your place. I know, but they might have a camera in there. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? I was always worried about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I felt like, and and Uncle Dan Savage always talks about, go to their place. Because yeah. if they're going to kill you, then it's a big mess in their place. Yeah, it's they really got to clean up. to get rid of. Whereas if they kill you in your house, then it could be anybody. However, I kind of felt like, I felt more confident that I'd be able to protect myself in my own environment. And at least I can control the environment. Yeah. You know? Well, like you I all, know there's no hidden cameras I around. Mean, or another person. You're a dangerous individual. With your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Thank skills. You. So you have the means. If if somebody... You know what else works? A baseball bat under your bed. Well, and I have that. I know, I see it. I it, saw it this morning when I made the bed. I was like, oh my. <laughs> well, because I, I don't have bomb-ass Jiu-Jitsu skills. 
No, but you have me. So. No, I, I have a little bit of lasso spider guard. That's but, about. But that's I'm about not it. always here. Yeah, exactly. So, but but as a woman, I think that is an important skill for you to be able to have to be able to date with confidence. Because if yeah. somebody does try to pull some shit, they're gonna lose an arm or have a broken mm. shoulder or or they're going to sleep or they're going to sleep or all of those things. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to get too far off of the path. <laughs> I, I think I'd like to wrap up by inspiring some people. Let's I do wanted, that. I wanted to share some celebrities that have glowed up. Who glowed up late? Okay, so we've already who talked about late. the actor that played Neville Longbottom yes, in, in we Harry did. Potter. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson was in his forties when he became an A-list movie star. Right. Yeah, Julia Child was forty-nine before she changed cooking in America. Yep. Joy Behar was fifty-five before she started as a TV host on The View. Oh my God, she was 55 when yeah. she started there? Yeah. Huh. Ang Lee was a stay-at-home dad before becoming one of the most important directors in the world at 41. Yeah, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. James Gandolfini played Tony Soprano when he was 38. Yep. And unfortunately was always Tony Soprano right up until he died. Yeah. He didn't really like that. You know, there's mm. a prequel movie coming out and, oh, it, really? and his nephew is playing him in it. Yeah. Is that, I wonder, I feel like I'm going to compare him to Ice Cube's son playing Ice Cube. That was brilliant. That was it's the best so casting. Good. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the program, but he did a really yeah. good job. Catherine Joustin was... out of Compton. Right. Catherine Joustin was 70 when she started starring in The West Wing. I never saw that show, but I know you watched it. 70? Yeah. I don't know who she is in The West Wing. Joustin works at, worked as a psychiatric nurse for years before joining her community theater at 42. Fuck, eh? Judy Dench became famous around the world when she was 60. Shit. Dame, Dame Judy Dench, yep. Brian Cranston was 44 when he starred in Malcolm in the Middle. Wow. And, and he, that's Breaking and, Bad. Was and, even, and Breaking Bad was even like almost a decade after that. Yep. Lucille Ball was 40 when she first starred in I Love Lucy. She was 40. Wow. I know. Melissa McCarthy was 41 when she had her Oscar-nominated role in Bridesmaids. Yeah. The Hurt Locker made Jeremy Renner famous at 38. <laughs> Ricky Gervais tried to be a pop star before creating The Office at 40. <laughs> Gervais is a pop star? Yeah. The Office also brought Steve Carell to fame at 43. Yeah. 43? Yeah. Jenna Fisher was 31 when she played Pam on the U.S. version of The Office, which doesn't sound like super old. For a woman in Hollywood? That's kind of... Jane Lynch was 49 when she achieved mainstream success with Glee. 49 when she started at Glee. She was amazing in 40-year-old version. She's in um, Space Force. Yes, she's amazing in Space Force. Refer to my gender again, and I will fuck you up the ass. Yeah, she's like the, the on the Joint Chiefs. She's like the head of the Navy, something like, like that. Is or so something. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kristen Wiig was thirty three before she became a cast member on Saturday Night Live. Wow. Let's see. Inglorious Bastards gave Christoph Waltz his Oscar winning role at fifty three. Yeah, he was great in that movie. Ken Jeong was a doctor before becoming a comedy star at the age of 40. Yep, also fantastic in Community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leslie Jones was 47 when she became a cast member for Saturday Night Live. Fuck, so when she was in Ghostbusters, yeah, like she must have been in her like late 40s, early 50s at that point. Mm-hmm. Wow. Morgan Freeman's breakout year happened when he was 52. 52? Yep. That guy's ageless. I know. Toni Morrison published her first breakout novel, The Bluest Eye, when she was 39. Huh. Alan Rickman was 42 when he became famous for Die Hard. 42! He was 42 in Die Hard? Yes! What? Isn't that crazy? I have... I mean, I'm I'm still really sad that he's dead. I'm sad that that he's dead, too. I have, a couple of years ago, when my oldest was in Cub Scouts, Mm -hmm. when they did their Christmas craft... It was a picture oh. of Bruce. It's Bruce Willis climbing <laughs> through the air ducts. Yeah. So they made these like aluminum foil covered little boxes and they printed out a picture of of, of him holding a lighter crawling through the duct and it hangs on my Christmas tree every yeah, single year. It's so cute. And it makes me laugh every time I see it. <laughs> and the kids don't have no, they have no fucking clue. No, they but don't. But there are people don't. who are ardent believers that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah. So Liam Neeson was 41 when he started Schindler's List. Big dick in it, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about see, that. You got to see Liam Neeson and Kinsey. Oh, he's so good. So good. Ted Danson became famous at 35 for Cheers. He was 35 in Cheers? In Cheers. So that was, what, like in the 80s? Yeah. And he's still and he's fucking phenomenal in The Good Place. It, oh, my God. He, he's a national treasure And in still the good handsome. Place. Yeah. He's a silver fox. 
Octavia Spencer is an experienced actress, but she didn't break out until she was 39 in The Help. She's the one that makes the shit pie. Yes. So good. She was also in Hidden Figures too, wasn't she? Yes. She was great in that. Doubt put everyone's eyes on Viola Davis when she was 43. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's amazing, quite the list. Right? It's It's a big list. And, and I, There's a lot of women on that list as yes. well that are in their 30s and 40s and in some cases 50s and 60s. Before, and 70s. And 70s before they break out, which kind of smashes against that stereotype that all Hollywood wants is the young, beautiful women and that they age out of, yeah. of roles. I think that's changing. I feel like there are, I mean, if you're talking about women being just the love interest of the leading male. I don't want to bring up leading lady parts again because we've already like... We've <laughs> or already Last Fuckable Day. <laughs> that you should put in. Okay, I'll put, I'll put last in fuckable Last day. Fuckable Day from Amy Schumer's show. Oh my God, it's, it's, it's really good. But that's the thing. I think, I think there's meatier roles that are emerging for women that are not 26 anymore. So, but I, 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 just, I just share those to let you know that it's never too late to glow up. Yep. It, it just You can start now. Start now. And like I said, I'm my 40s are closing out pretty soon. You told me at the start of my 40s, you're like, it's a pretty bomb-ass decade. It is. And I was like, eh, okay. I mean, my 20s were cool. My 30s were great. Like, I don't know. What can my 40s... Yeah, no, you've been right so far. My 40s have been pretty bomb-ass. And I'm pretty sure your late it's 40s... It's really exhausting. I know. It's exhausting being right all the time, isn't it? It, it is. Yawn. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired from being right all the time. Yeah, but you know, and it's funny because somebody's asked me like, "What's what's what's your favorite age?" And I go, "This one." Right now. Right fucking now. Because at the beginning of my 40s, I never would have imagined This is where you'd be at the end of your 40s. This is where I'd be at the end of my 40s, mm-hmm. and who fucking knows what I'm going to be doing at the end of my 50s? Like, look the fuck out is all I'm saying. Black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That would be great. Oh, for sure. Before you turn 60. And this is the thing, right? Like, I didn't start doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu until I was 40. And I remember thinking in my head, like, I'm probably going to be... I could be 60 by the time I get a black belt. But here's the thing. I'd rather be 60 with a black belt (laughs) than without one. Yeah, right? Right? Yeah, absolutely. I'll fucking kick your ass. (laughs) You could already kick my ass. We're going to roll this afternoon, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be tapping... Like a fucking, like Gregory Hines is a tap dancer. It's just tap, 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 tap. Like Gregory Hines in the Soviet Union. Yeah, right? Yeah, seriously. White Knights, great movie. You should watch it. Great movie. I'll put I'll put it in there as well. Did you see White Knights? I haven't seen White Knights. Oh my God, that's him and Mikhail Baryshnikov. It's a cold, it's it's a cold war. Yes, I have seen it. I have seen it. So good. Yeah, I have seen it. Great 80s movie. Yeah. Anyway, that's a great way to end it up, I think. Okay, so where are people going to find us? On our Instagram and... Twitter. Twitter and our website, www.cheatingoffear.com. That, yeah. That'll give you the links to everything. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, guys. Keep glowing. <laughs> and B is laughing away. <laughs> keep glowing. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>